1: Hey, hey, welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a five star review. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined as always, Mr. bull Brock. Still Broadcasting from his casa as we await the new studio, we got eighty one Frank Sanders in the what's house up? today. With what's, the up, what's up? What's up? What's up? on. What's the good word, gentlemen? How we feeling? Feeling, feeling good, good, man. Bro.
2: I I uh I'm ready to stop talking about a twenty one game win streak going in the preseason. I mean, this is embarrassing. I I wish the Arizona Cardinals would either a put an end to this or just John Harbaugh just takes a fall and and stops, you know, this madness that is 21 games in a row in the preseason. Nobody cares, right? Nobody gives a shit about that.
0: Nobody cares, brother. 21-0 sounds good, (laughs) but in reality, at the end of the day, if you're not holding the trophy, it means nothing.
2: Thank you. Real games. Talk about practice. Yeah, real games just,
1: I think, roughly three weeks away, three weeks from Sunday. It's hard to believe. And as we turn our attention to week one, could there be a return for a former Arizona Cardinal cornerback uh, that being Robert Alford? So it's a name that we've speculated for much of the offseason. Gentlemen Alford, who I think had a banner season last year before his injury. Highest rated quarterback via pro football focus on the Cardinal roster took a visit with the team, which is weird because he was on the team for three years. Uh, March uh, 24th of uh, this past year. Well, uh, you, you may be asking yourself, why is this relevant now? Well, number one, the Cardinals need cornerbacks. And number two, before he deleted it, Robert Alford posted this today on his official Twitter account. So it's a GIF. So it's him and his uh, Cardinal brethren uh, for our audio listeners in gift form. Um, and then everybody, including myself, <laughs> ran with speculation. He since deleted it. But well, 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 Robert, we have a screen capture. And then mm. Bo Brock, live from training camp, sent me the following – Robert Alford back to work. A video of him getting ready to work out. Looks like in his home workout facility. Uh, speculatory. Is this happening in Arizona? I think it's just the filter that that's not snow. Where is it snowing in the United States right now? But <laughs> all this to say, it looks like Robert Alford, he's ready to get back on the grind and shippo. I feel like Cardinals should be like, hello, Mr. Robert Alford, RA, come back. We need you in the secondary ASAP.
2: I thought we were following tea leaves to a damn T. They make the roster move yesterday. They cut the linebacker, and uh, there was one open spot. And, you know, Robert Alford's posted on his social media, both Twitter, Instagram, and uh, no move. Actually, the Arizona Cardinals ended up signing a tight end. Uh, to their roster. So they're at a full 85. So they'll have to make another roster move if they want to add Robert Alford. But I thought bringing him back, you know, post the tragic untimely passing of Jeff Gladney was the biggest no brainer, you know, remaining for this off season. It's odd, but this guy who really doesn't have any other like outside interest could significantly boost this secondary, at least the depth. You know, I, I like what uh, Peter Schrager said today on good morning football I was watching it in the press box for going out to the field and watch practice. How He's got this list of guys that he just wishes teams would just give a chance to. And Antonio Hamilton, the Arizona Cardinals cornerback, uh, who we spoke with earlier this week, he wants the Cardinals to give him a chance. And, and I and I said this before, like, I, th- I think that you could root for Hamilton and there's a spot on this roster in the secondary for him in the Cardinals. But Robert Alford adds depth and it adds an, a, a very necessary, very needed veteran presence, Frank, to that secondary that they don't have.
0: Look, I would agree with that if I didn't see the weight room uh, photo. I'm like, back to work. You should already be at work, bro. You should be showing and flexing muscles. You should be showing six packs, abs, running four threes. Like, this is what I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, I'm already ready. Y'all just sign me, give me the money I want, and we'll be ready to go. I understand he brings veteran leadership. I love that. I think he would definitely add that. He'd be familiar with the organization. Johnny, I am with you 100%. He took a visit on March. What the heck? You didn't even sign. What the heck? It, it
2: is crazy. it is odd, man. It's it like, was so hey, bizarre. I, He's been with the team. I forget. Hey, showed me the facility that I, I I was a member of for the last three years. Was he just trying to get like a visitors pass? Was that it to work out? Because it it's probably an upgrade over whatever bedroom makeshift bedroom weight room he just showed us on his IG. I, I don't understand it. Look, and I see Brian Perkins uh, in, in the in the chat there saying he's taking a lot of money. Like, yeah, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He wasn't even healthy at the end of last year. I understand that. But coming out of the gates, like the Arizona Cardinals still need to develop these guys. Marco Wilson still needs time. Antonio uh, Hamilton needs time. Josh Jackson needs time. Sure, There's reps. There's enough reps that they're going to get, especially going against some pass heavy teams. But Robert Alford was the best pound for pound cornerback for the Arizona Cardinals last right year. Even and he's way better than the guys that are available. I mean, he only gave up 57% completion percentage against them. That's almost 10% below the league average of 65%. I mean, he only gave up 22 yards per game in 13 games. I mean, those are decent numbers for Robert Alford. I thought if a guy like, uh, you know, th- there was a ton of, like, good good stories of comebacks last year. You know, if a couple guys don't exist, Robert Alford should have been in the, in the conversation before the injury.
0: Let me add with you, when, you, when the stats just gave out, Both sounds so good. I will say this here that <clears throat> you have to remember, he never had a good front seven. And so the cornerbacks out there on the island by themselves on their own, and he's defending and shutting guys down. And that number was a I mean, you of my yards per catch and when he only gave up. That's pretty it's pretty exceptional. We have to go back and remember that we didn't have a front seven. We didn't have a and our front four was hit or miss. JJ was only there for a little bit, CJ was there for a little bit. And I think that's the part where you gotta look at how well and how good he was playing.
1: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. I'm gonna put on my Johnny tinfoil hat here (laughs) conspiracy theory, because I I think something we don't know this for certain. I don't have the source or anything. I think something happened off the field. I think potentially bridges were burned because why in God's green earth, when the Cardinals have almost $20 million in available cap space, you've got a corner that played next to nothing last year. He doesn't have people knocking on his door clearly wants to play. Why isn't he back with the team? I I have to think it's everything to do with off the field. Something must've happened with, I don't know Kyler Murray, defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, Cliff Kingsbury, maybe Steve Kime, where he pissed somebody off, and maybe they're making him sweat this out or wait this out. Maybe uh, the word around the league is you know Byron or or excuse me, um, Robert Alford. There's issues with Robert Alford. I'd be I'd be curious, Bo. You know, next time you have a chance to talk with Cliff Kingsbury, is it is it worth bringing up again? Like. Robert Alford was was a big part of what the Cardinals were doing last year. A lot of their success, going and starting the season seven and zero, oh, he was leading that young secondary. And then something has taken place. I saw not too long ago this off season, he he had a a like on Twitter. I don't know if he took it off or not, questioning Kyler Murray's leadership. Like maybe there's something to that. Maybe he's been not blackballed by the Cardinals, but maybe they're they're very much intent to like they're doing with pass rusher. Parts of their defensive line, certainly inside linebacker, content to see what they have with these younger players. That's all well and good. And maybe he's a he's a safety net. He's a parachute. If and when you need him, break cl- glass in case of emergency, ball. <laughs> but I, I have had real hesitations that it's anything on the field because if he's healthy, he is, by and large, a top two cornerback for this team right now. With all due respect to Marco Wilson, I mean, Robert Alford's Somebody that you could trot out there week one and feel very confident in his ability to play football.
2: And and I think that's what's going on. I, I think that's the more realistic scenario. Like I love your ten foil hat and we're, and we're trying to cover all our bases here and really speculate on something that's puzzling because you would yeah. think that it's it's just it's easy. It's a slam dunk. There's there's a relationship there, there's a there's a knowledge of the system playing for VJ, albeit for, you know, getting in 13 games in, in three seasons. You know, Robert Alford just seems like no brainer and uh, he he does things that, you know, other guys couldn't necessarily do in a Joe Hayden or, you know, a Chris Harris where he could just come walk through the door. As you mentioned, he kind of has that Rodney Hudson type uh, ability to where you wouldn't have any kind of concern about picking up or picking up where he left off. But the one thing he really does outside of those other guys is gives the ability for these younger players who can develop and be in more comfortable situations to do so. Marco Wilson and he doesn't have to have the tough assignment to take on OBJ every single snap. Robert Alford who has a little bit better bag of tricks, know his seen and can play some angles a little bit better. Um he can he can get in there and, and help out. Robert Alford when he played over 70% of the snaps or close to it, Frank, Cardinals were 8-0 in 2021. Pretty good. Hey.
0: Hey, you guys are my agent. You just sold me. I'm set. Now I'm you. You guys are my agent right now. How much am I worth? What am I asking for? Well, here, let me tell you right now.
1: That's that's
0: probably the answer. They're not meeting his number that he wants. You
1: know, anybody can anybody on this podcast tell me his cap hit from last year? Because I have it in front of me. You want you guys want to take a guess. what He got paid last year. One point five million. He got paid. Frank, go ahead. You take a guess. Seven point
0: three million dollars.
1: No, no, not even you guys are outside your damn <laughs> mind. So his his cap his base salary was nine hundred ninety thousand. His cap hit oh. was eight hundred fifty thousand dollars, and that's the reason
0: why I believe that he's not coming back. Take it, two
1: million dollars, not- drive up Steve Keim to Robert Alfer's house, and knock on the door and give him two million dollars and say, "Come and save our secondary, please. If you can come past the physical, maybe I." We didn't get worried he worked out for the team on the 24th. We got no word that he was injured at the end of the year. I think he played in that playoff game. Like he was healthy to end the season. Give him two, $3 million. Okay. No, can- was he play. hurt at the end of the season? Yeah. He tore was his back. He,
2: he tore well, so his maybe pec. He was up. So maybe he can't pass a physical right now. Well, I mean, he, that's he's got lingering? his bench press set up. I mean, his pec better be all right. If he's got his bench set up, go back to that picture on Instagram. Is it just for show? Uh, oh, yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. That's, I mean, before you your pack, what a what is that? Is that
1: a bench press or is that? Yeah. Like kind it of what, like it a, looks like he's not squatting
2: arm. down that low. What is he? That's I mean, like you might be. that's like my <laughs> squat rack. That's the bench. We, it looks like it's ball, about We three, both know. I don't do I don't do
1: any kind of legs. All my lifting is cosmetic only. Uh, <laughs> he says cosmetic only. Uh, <laughs> it's not, I don't do, I haven't done lower body. My lower body is when I <laughs> walk on the treadmill. Thank you. doing my Peloton. Uh, well that, Hey, that's, Maybe that's a real thing that he's rehabbing his injury. He's now just getting back to form. But I mean, like the Cardinals have been patient with other veterans. Like Corey Peters was injured two years ago, and then the minute he was healthy and they needed him, he was back early August. They signed him like the first week of August to come back and help their defensive line and nose tackle. Like let's let's get the bad signal going, Mister Robert Alford. If you can come in and pass the physical, I I don't know. I just feel like he's a vocal guy. And he wanted to prove himself last year, and he did. But at the end of the day, I mean, there. I put out a tweet this morning. I, I tweeted out just the Cardinals' secondary and their cornerback room. And it's it's not pretty. I, I am all for preseason darling. Antonio Hamilton's of the world. Josh Jackson looks good. Every team in the NFL has stallions and weapons at receiver. And I this is not 1998 when you can get away with that. You know, there's only one Frank Sanders on every team. Now everybody has, is loaded with, you know, multiple. You look at the Cardinals' skill players. What would the Cardinals' secondary, when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, due to, to the Cardinals' uh, or Cardinals' receiving core, due to the Cardinals' secondary late in the year? That's the kind of questions I would be posing. Yeah, I don't think it would be pretty, and I think it's it's incredibly troublesome when you look at the back half of the schedule, and you got to go to Denver and you got to play Tom Brady on Christmas Day. Like, who's covering these these skilled players for these elite? quarterback and, and receiving tandems
0: i don't know hey, you, you guys are pretty solid on, on your on your hit on your knowledge rafi in the chat says what's up with jack rabbit jenkins what do you think about that
1: Adding i love him personally fall. bo's been I, banging I think, that drum for a while yeah,
2: i think that i think as far as jack rabbit jenkins goes formerly known as the, the artist formerly known as janoris jenkins the guy who yeah. uh would just he was off he would just crush the cardinals and poor john skelton i think he had two pick sixes against him in one game at, oh god in, at i remember UFP. that uh, but Jackrabbit is. If you look at his overall numbers, you'll you're probably concerned. But look, everybody has red flags. They they need a guy who can play outside. And as far as Jackrabbit Jenkins is, according to Pro Football Focus, he was the third rated outside cornerback in the off in the NFL last year. I mean, that, that's what they need. They need somebody that can play outside so they can move Byron Murphy inside, and you have that that veteran presence. I would love Jackrabbit Jenkins. I I think him and Alford. Or, or slam dunks, no matter which direction you go, you keep feeling like Josh Jackson. Completely yeah. different about the secondary if they go out and sign oh, yeah, two guys tomorrow, bull, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it would completely change the perception of this defense as a whole going into the regular season if they added just one veteran guy. I don't think that there's a group. Can you think of a group on this team that, that's, that ha- needs that boost more than the not, secondary? Not, I would have said defensive line
1: before last Friday night. And then I watched the Cardinals reserves kick the shit out of the Bengals, And I said, I feel pretty good about Rashad Lawrence. I feel pretty good about some of these rotational defensive tackles. I mean, maybe, maybe inside linebacker, but I would say that is less pressing because at least we've got somebody like Zayvon Collins that we're going to, we're just going to see sink or swim defensive backs. Frank, you know, corners, you need, four or five of them that can play because you know what some guys somebody just mentioned in the chat Byron murphy got banged up at the end of last year people are going to get hurt could you imagine the landscape of this cornerback group if byron murphy got hurt early on you would be especially screwed you, you definitely need a
0: major rotation at the defensive line as well as now considering the secondary because there's just so much the offense right now is a four four receiver five receiver set and it's a running gun offense right now in the nfl and then not only that you got quarterbacks at the mobile so you need guys that can rotate um, on the defensive line, especially there. And then you also need guys you can bring in in this conversation between the nickel and dime defense. That's five cornerbacks and six cornerbacks, six cornerbacks being a dime defense and a, and a five cornerbacks being a nickel defense. And that in itself definitely means you need to have rotation guys that can stay healthy guys. You can move around. And again, like we, we got caught with our pants down last year when our guys got injured and teams were able to move the ball you know, pretty, pretty easily against our defense.
1: Uh, Bo, he had you seen this? Jordan P. Gamble said Cardinals will be trading for a cornerback next week. The question is, who is it? Well, we had heard that Gamble had said the Cardinals wanted to trade for a corner. Why, why, why wait till next week? I don't know what the debt. Yeah, Would you want the cornerback to come in as soon as possible to help? You know, ingratiate yourself in the secondary. That doesn't seem. I don't know if that's a best practice or not. Was Jordan P. I'll have to elaborate a little bit more? Was he specific in his verbiage that it, it's going to be next week? I don't. I hadn't heard that, Bo. That's a, That's an
2: interesting. I don't I didn't think you could forecast trades like that. Yeah, we're good next week. Expected a, a chance of a trade and for to boost the secondary. Maybe it's because you know you'll start to see these rosters even get down to, from eighty-five to eighty. Yeah. I mean, one thing we we could be overlooking here is guys like Janoris Jenkins or Jackrabbit Jenkins, sorry, and Robert Alford are vets guys that can just walk into any facility and probably find themselves uh, playing close to starting reps and snaps. Um, maybe they just, maybe they're saying there's a, there's a verbal agreement of some sort and saying, Hey, and I know that's completely against, you know, what the NFL rules are on that, but or shake uh, under the table, handshake agreement that once training camp, which ends tomorrow is done and getting up early and and doing all this other, this crap is over. They'll they'll put pen to paper and come to the facility and be like, okay, I didn't want to have to go through the rigors of training camp. Now let's let's do this. I'm ready to play. If the okay. Cardinals
1: pull a fast one and have the most inactive offseason in recent memory in terms of transactions—not you know TMZ bullshit, but transactions—and then tomorrow, because it's the end of training camp, they flip a switch and they go stir crazy and they spend their seventeen million dollars, I will eat all the crow. I don't. <laughs> I think you know we Claycomb uh, or was it Claycomb or somebody else said yeah it was Claycomb Bidwell being cheap. I don't think it's that. But I do think they have a new way of looking at things where they don't invest in veterans unless they absolutely believe in the person, Frank, even if it's a million dollars. And, and look, they don't.
0: I agree with you 100 percent on that. They don't. They they hold they hold that money bag tight to the vest. They have to, they have to realize that you bring something to the table. I agree that we look like it does look like we're going in a new direction. And I'm OK with the direction that we're going in. If we're going to develop guys, the guys that you drafted, that you brought in, that you believed in, you're going to give these guys an opportunity to kind of develop offensively and defensively, whether that be offensive line and defensive line. That has not been this conversation That that has not been the story of Steve Kimes, and we we all can agree to that. And, we, and the reality right now is that look, I got a new, I got a I got a new lease on life. I got six years with a young coach. I got six years with a – well, four five years with a, with a young quarterback, and we want to develop this team into something that can, that can grow. Trust your trust your scouting department, trust your draft picks and your free agents and see what they bring to the table. The evaluation right now, Bo, is so strong that we're not even playing our veterans in, in, in the preseason. And that in mm-hmm. itself tells you exactly what it is. I do agree 100% that the veteran cornerbacks that are out there, whether it be linebacker or, or in the cornerback field, they don't have to come in right now because they'll just be working out with rookies and guys that are mm-hmm. trying to make the team. If you already know these guys are good, let them sit home, get healthier, or or just wait through the preseason gets done. Also, it might give you a better chance to negotiate price wise because the season has started and now you're getting paid. You're getting paid real money. You don't want to miss that real money. You'll miss the fake money, Johnny. That's that. That's that training cap money. Twenty five hundred five thousand dollars a week. But you don't want to miss that check. That's one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars a week.
1: Gambo on Twitter, Bo uh, and Frank, uh, I checked uh, an exchange he had with Vic, one of the friends of the show saying that they will trade for a quarterback. It's going to happen. So there mm. there you have it. I don't know if it's next week. I think we've got some verbiage here from Jordan saying that on his radio show today, we love Gamble. Friend of the show, um, great guy, and confirmed he's got a lot of inside knowledge. Also confirmed on his Twitter they're going to trade for quarterback, Bob Brock. So there you go. So be on standby now uh, for an emergency <laughs> pod if and when the Cardinals do trade I- for a veteran.
2: I, I wonder what organization it is. I, I'm really curious to see who they're targeting. Um I mean yeah you, you you look to kind of the dudes with very low expectations, you know, is there strength in, in, in secondary some there somewhere with teams like Jacksonville or the Giants or um, I, I don't know. Uh, you know. I wish I could follow Gamble. He blocked me a long time ago. I don't oh, know why. no. But. We'll have to fix that.
1: Well, you go you go talk to Mike Jarecki for me, and I'll talk okay. to him. I don't, care about Jarecki. I don't care what Jarecki thinks. Uh, gamble's <laughs> good. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and uh, you can bet on preseason football. Bears, Seahawks tonight. Anybody interested in some Nathan Peterman Ooh. action? I know I am. Take the Bears plus three and a half. Take the over 39 and a half. You can also take the Arizona Cardinals money line on Sunday night. As my guy, Trace McSorley, my new guy, uh, absolutely deals to the likes of Trey McBride. The Cardinals will end, you heard me right, will end the Baltimore Ravens 21 game, ridiculous preseason win streak. You can bet on it right now on DraftKings. If you bet five bucks also on college football, you can get $200 in free bets instantly. So we've got college coming up, NFL preseason. The place to be is DraftKings. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet five bucks on college football. Two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. Got to be a new customer though. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details.
0: Hey, that trade conversation. Football. That yeah. trade conversation. What will we trade? Who will we trade? Like, what are we trading? Like, are we well, trading? Are we trading money? Are we trading cat uh, draft picks? What do you speculate on in that conversation?
2: I, I would bet that it's going to involve some draft capital. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals are projected to to get some return on some key players exiting via free agency, whether it's Christian Kirk or Chandler Jones. So I think that they, they could act I, I like how the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, it was a brutal off season, Believe me, it, it was brutal. Like it was so slow. There was barely any moves. Will Hernandez was like your marquee add to this, this roster outside of Hollywood Brown via trade. But Steve Kime has set himself up with assets to make plays and not just sit on this roster throughout the season and continue to be active and build on this roster with cap space and draft capital, so yeah, I mean, they, they have the ability potentially a, an extra third round pick because of Chandler Jones, Johnny. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a throwaway
1: like depth move because you can do that for agency. You can sign somebody now to become in be your fourth corner. If they're trading a pick for a player, it's going to be a probably a premium pick as Bo mentioned that extra third round comp pick that you're going to get for Christian Kirk next offseason. I, I think it's going to be someone of note. That's an outside starting cornerback that you compare with Marco Wilson, Josh Jackson, and then you can because they, they don't want as much as they tout Byron and we love Byron on the show. They have said time and time again, Cliff and Vance alike, they want him to play the slot corner, and that's fine, right? Mm-hmm. Not ideal maybe for the 33rd overall pick, but that's that's where he's at at this point. It's going to be a bona fide outside corner of note if they're going to trade for somebody. Because why would you why would you trade a sixth or a seventh round pick? For somebody who may not even make the team, if you're waiting and you're like, I have my eye on X player, and we're just waiting for the rosters to be whittled down, you know what you're going after, and Over. it's and it's somebody of note, and it's a team maybe that likes their younger corner group. Maybe it's a new regime dumping a salary. Bo and I have talked about that a couple different times, where you know the Cardinals now can absorb some money. They've got 17 million dollars in cap space. I guess Bo will just we'll wait with bated breath here.
2: We will. Look, I would love for them to actually make the move. I'm just, I really like scouring the depth charts. And and I saw a couple of the, some good suggestions in the chat, like which team, like what team really is is willing to deal uh, a cornerback, a starting caliber outside cornerback at this point. It's it's just, uh, you got to kind of figure out like, who's got depth at the position and who's got maybe some sort of rift with a player that they don't feel like they can move forward with. And uh, that's going to be really interesting to see. Cause I don't see a lot of people fitting that profile, but it always comes up. Sometimes it, you know, players always become available at positions like that. Well, I'll ask Frank this real quickly, Bo, like, I feel like we're getting to the point. The season's
1: <laughs> starting so soon, like if you're an ownership group, like once upon a time with the Cardinals when you were with them, Frank, like you can't sell off pieces right before the season. Then people are going pissed off and they won't go to your game. If you're the Chicago Bears and you sell off like a Robert Quinn right before the season or somebody of note, like how, how does that excite your fans? I feel like we're past that point. Well, if, if he was somebody
0: that <clears throat> was a Jersey set, he, he sold jerseys and the fr- the fans were ing- ingratiated to him, then that would be different. Uh, and if you was trading somebody, you was hoping you was, the guys in the locker room would respect somebody that they brought in that could that could that has that has an upside and that you know what he brings to the table because they know what he's capable of doing. If you bring somebody in that that's a hit or miss guy, the guys in the locker room would be like, "Man, look at this shit. What they pay for him? Yeah, like you got paid. Like you paid this dude. Like I'm out here murdering this dude. I'm gonna show you he was trash. I'm gonna murder this dude every day in practice because he's trash. But you brought him, so that's okay." But that's how that I apologize. I went to the locker room. That's that's how we talk. So but (laughs) the guy the guy has to he has to be proven that he's worth something. I will give an example of a guy they brought in that unfortunately got hurt, but he came from a great organization. He had proven himself to be one of the top cornerbacks in the league. And that's Dwayne Starks. They brought him out of Baltimore. He got we got him here. We thought we had got a, a solid cornerback that could be another lockdown cornerback replacing the likes or adding to the conversation of Aeneas Williams. And he got hurt somewhere along the line in the season, but he wasn't – he never just kind of panned out to be the cornerback we thought he was. The locker room needs guys – we what moves the needle is the expectation in the locker room. The fans are – the fans are flip if they believe they got somebody that can change them, the locker room and bring value. If he doesn't, the locker room would just – you know, we just have to suck it up as a bad bad decision by management.
2: Yeah. I, I like the guys they have currently in place as depth guys, as developmental pieces. But, you know, as far as somebody who's ready to come in there and, and face this, you know, this, this chiefs wide receiver core includes, you know, best playmaking tight end, in the NFL and Travis Kelsey. And then you've got, you know, what, what's now the Raiders offense with Devontae Adams and just a monster out of the slot Hunter Renfro and, and Darren Waller. And you got the Rams after that. It's just like a murderer's row that, you would be pretty naive to think, hey, we can move forward with this group right now and, and that they're going to be able to develop and develop on the fly and that we're not going to be, you know, with our tail between our legs when DeAndre Hopkins ready to come back and this offense can go to that elite level potentially. So, yeah, I, you know, I'd love to see some bring it. Give it to me. I hope I hope uh, your boy is right about next week and, and the trade is made and they they upgrade the secondary. I'll make it our boy. We'll make gamble on, <laughs> on this
1: podcast, just like we make Bullbrock, Four Peaks, 8th Street Pub. Yes. Brewery.
2: Absolutely. And it's, uh, we've got our last Wednesday of the month coming up. We're excited to get out and hang out with everybody out there on the Four Peaks Brewery on 8th Street and Tempe, Four Peaks on August 31st. Come out with good fun, good food, and, of course, great beer. Our last Wednesday, we're announcing our next winner, for our uh, Toast of the Month sweepstakes, hundred or actually one or fifty dollars. I almost put a hundy in there. Fifty dollars. You got peaks peaks gift card, I don't know about that. A PHNX shirt <laughs> of your choice and a PHNX annual membership. That'll get the value up over a hundred bucks right there. Go to PHNX.com. Click the link in the show notes. So you can get yourself in to these. <laughs> Toast of the month, sweepstakes, but if you're going to meet us out there, as you should, August 31st, last Wednesday of the month, hang out with us, talk to Frank, talk to myself, talk to Johnny, Uh, let's hang out. Don't talk to Frank, 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 got kicked off his Yeah, Frank was like, damn, don't (laughs) include me, I'm out of here. But uh, yeah, you must be 21 years or older. Joy, that Four Peaks beer, responsibly.
1: I love all the people in the chat going after Gambo, asking him about the trade. And you know, for the sake of our show and content, I appreciate you. Uh, as does Bo Brock and Frank Sanders now re- rejoining us tonight. I don't know. Should we, Bo? Should we keep this party moving on the trade
2: discussion? Or should we talk a little bit about what we saw or what you saw specifically at practice today? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was more install. It was more guys getting ready for the game on Sunday. Uh, which is going to be another evaluation game. You're not going to see any stars except for Trey McBride, who continues to make plays. We saw more Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, ramping things up today in practice. We saw some DeAndre Hopkins out there for a bit. Um, So it's exciting, right? I mean, we're, we're cautiously optimistic as this team stays relatively healthy. We're not staring down any, you know, significant injuries. You hope that Rodney Hudson can get back on the men and be ready to go week one. Marcus Golden continue to, like, monitor that situation. But more on that offensive line, I think uh, a guy that stood out, Johnny, in, in in preseason week one was a very, you know, great surprise in the Oklahoma draft pick, Marquise Hayes. The guard, uh, you know, just yeah. playing next to Josh Jones. And it's just like, man, if, if these two guys can pan out, you know the perception of this offensive line going forward has completely shifted from where it was maybe a month ago, and they had who under contract that you could really rely upon? Nobody in the starting unit, that's for damn sure. But if you if you've got guys like Josh Jones and Marquise Hayes who can be legitimate prospects, and they'll continue to hold that label right now, uh, that you feel like you can build with and develop. I mean that that's that's a lot further than we than we believe they were last month and sean harlow he's not a prospect he's 27 but he's in we're encouraged by his play so far you know stepping in for rodney hudson so far frank
0: hey look I, what i love about this is right now is that our offense did not have any real starters that you could say and so the young guys felt like they were hungry they, they're show excuse me they're showing that they're hungry and that they want to play these guys they were never afraid about the veteran leadership dj humphrey's pretty much seemed like he he locked up one of the tackle positions, but everybody else, you felt like you can come in and play. And I think these guys are showing that, that, that they're hungry. They want to come in and play. They're learning the system pretty fast. These guys are showing that, hey, I want a job. The veterans that were here, you would not proven that you had a job. And I think that that's pushing the veterans to play. That's pushing the guys and the energy. That's moving this offensive line along the way. You saw what they did, uh, you know, against the. Against the Bengals, they they look like a unit, which was kind of surprising, right? We didn't yeah. didn't expect it out of these guys, but I'm excited about what we what this offensive line is doing. The young guys look hungry; they're making the veterans earn it, and they want a job, and it and it's showing.
2: Yeah, God, I, love, I sh- love how he says that, Johnny. Don't you? Hungry? I I'm now that. hungry as a result uh, <laughs>
1: for uh, something not offensive lineman related. Maybe you know some nice takeout food in here in Maricopa. Uh, get some food poisoning <laughs> in the process, but. I, I think that you, Sean Coogler, Sean Coogler <laughs> to me is the, is, the, is the factor where I, I trust what inner judgment he wants to make. And we talked about it a couple of days ago when we did Keeper Cut, Justin Murray. If, if Sean Coogler wants to keep him around, like they draft players with Sean Coogler and Steve Kime's ear because I love Steve Kime. He has not shown an ability to draft and develop offensive linemen pre-Sean Coogler. I think right now. Kelvin Beecham, this is probably going to be his last year with the team. I, I'm just going to speculate. Josh Jones is going to be your right tackle next year. Josh Jones is going to have a Bobby massey S type of career where he plays his best football on contracts two and three. Remember how bad Bobby Massey was coming out of Old Miss and was forced to start in the Arizona Cardinal offensive line too early? I think Josh Jones has actually been better. I think they've, they've done enough with Josh Jones where it's like, you'll play right tackle You'll be a plus player. Wait your turn. Bide your time. High character guy out of Houston, right? And then you look at somebody like Marquise Hayes. And again, like we all do this. I'm guilty as anybody else. When we get to day three of the draft and everybody's a sleeper draft steal, right? Especially fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. Historically, this franchise is not known for grabbing a player late on day three and having them pan out. Most of the time, it's a it's a wasted pick. Jalen Thompson. Is an outlier fifth round supplemental pick, but I don't even count that because he had second, third round tape, and the Cardinals rolled the dice on the person and they hit the jackpot. The last true day day three stud that this team found. I mean, what Chase Edmonds, but he was a fourth round pick. Larod Stevens howling. If they found a starting guard in Marquise Hayes, I applaud Steve Kime tenfold. And we the tape that we saw Friday night, I'm not I'm not trying to <coughs> overreact here. <laughs> what Marquise Hayes did to the Bengals' defensive line not only was promising, pancakes driving people downfield. This is what I keep like it's it's amazing, Frank Sanders, when you draft players from pristine uh, um, uh, collegiate programs, programs that are top seven to ten in the country, and you stop getting cute with you know the one a schools, and you're you're outsmarting the re- room with UMass players, right? I took a guard from Oklahoma that kicked ass in the Big 12. And look, he's a good NFL player. He's a prospect that we can build around. It's amazing. It's a novel concept. We force a pick from Tulsa at 16, not looking good. We take a guard from Oklahoma, and he's a mountain of a man, and he looks like he could be a player. Imagine how that works. We take a wide receiver from Auburn once upon a time. He's an ass kicker in the NFL. We take a wide (laughs) out from UMass,
2: not very good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just have to simplify I, it. look look to your to your point i mean cincinnati was playing guys second third and they like their offensive line couldn't stop guys so, uh, the arizona cardinals that we didn't have very high expectations for victor DumaCage came out and whooped the crap out of a guy who played 13 games in the nfl last year for an AFC champion bengals team pierce looked like a turnstile with Victor Dumakeji, the one coming around the corner, like Arizona Cardinals depth look more impressive. And if it's just depth, that's fine because this is a star heavy team. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, Steve Kine was like the guy that's in front of you at circle K. That's just, he's flying through scratch off tickets and continually just takes L after L after L. And finally he's going to hit, he's going to hit on one. He's going to get one of those $200 winners, right? He's going to hit. And if it is, if it's Marquise Hayes, then good. I, I'm glad. And it, yeah, Johnny, I'm I'm all for it. Power five conferences, it, late in the draft, those are better lottery programs. tickets. Yes, yeah. than going to to the guys that are that are very small, you know, smaller smaller hey, schools. I will give you guys a story, man. That we had
0: we had a team, our team, when in the preseason we was playing the Raiders, and our offensive line we had guys from Nebraska, but they were really a run team, um, and just they were not they were not huge or big they but they were really grunt. They were, grunt they were grunt guys and I'm I'm sitting on the sideline looking at the Raiders defensive line versus our guys and I'm like what the hell are we doing what are we doing yeah with these guys versus the, I mean we, we just got murdered by their second by their second team and I'm only saying this because that makes me that much more proud of what Steve Kahn has been able to do to go out and really actually go get some players just in case your your starters, something happens, and then you have guys that are pushing your starters to earn their jobs. And I like they they make a presence. Just being big is a presence in the NFL, and, and guys respect that. I, I'm so proud of that. Our guys went out and played hard uh, just this past Saturday. And I, I hope that when we see them Sunday, these guys do the exact same thing. They dominate and they're fighting for a job because these guys want to prove that they deserve to be in the NFL but again kudos to kudos to our scout department finally kudos to Steve Kimes and what he was able to do and you know get guys that can that just got some beef and some grunt man coming from big schools they that is a that there's a big difference in that Johnny because they play at a high level they practice at a high level and all you got to do is realize that we grunt at a different level
2: it just- <laughs> Let me say this let me say this real quick, and I'm going to see a lot of you know eye rolls as far as in the chat and people listening on the podcast. But you know, I I th- it would be huge, just testament to Steve Kime and this organization maybe pivoting, trending in the right direction if depth guys, if they're second, third, four stringer guys that you know are going to get a lot of playing time because when the Cardinals aren't going to play their starters, if they kick ass against the team that is year in and year out. And Johnny pointed this out during our our draft show about. It, get like basically a banner for their draft classes in Baltimore. Like they clearly care what happens in the preseason. If, if Cliff Kingsbury and his philosophy of just evaluation over actual like wins and losses in the preseason, if they come out and they they beat Baltimore's ass or, you know, are, are in that game and, and make Baltimore have to come back and win that thing to get 22 in a row, I'd love it. Like that would, because yeah. Steve Kimes a cult, drafts a are panned. Oh yeah. And they're panned and they're they're criticized and Baltimore is the complete opposite end of the spectrum. You know, is it gonna happen? I don't know, but I would love to see it. Well, and I think too, it's you take the good
1: with the bad. If the Cardinals have not have a have a draft where they've hit on some late round picks, I think we're going to get this is this is gonna be their model moving forward. I don't think we're gonna get the flash in the pan kind of free agency splurges. They Michael Bidwell's been on radio this offseason, they don't want to do that. Right, Bo? They, they, they want to be somebody that – they want to be an organization where they get guys in-house for four or five years. I mean, Marquise Hayes, you think about it. He, he spent five years at Oklahoma. He was a redshirt senior. He's from St. Louis. He is 6'5", 320. So he is somebody if – you, if you think about a player, the template for the NFL, he played five years at a Power 5 school that's consistently competing for national championships – and he has that physical presence and pedigree, like, no, no shit, he looks like a, one of the best players out on the field. And frankly, it's refreshing after watching the Hassan Reddicks and Isaiah Simmons and Andy Isabellas and Brandon Williams of the world, where it's like, we got to be patient with these guys because they play at small schools. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But once in a while, man, when was the last time, and we're, we're pro- Marquise Hayes might not play this year, and that's fine. When was the last time the Cardinals had a rookie you know, pick of any round outside of Kyler Murray, because that's an outlier first overall he had to play that had an impact rookie season of note. Like that guy is trending in the right direction as a rookie Uh, to me. The only one I can think of outside of maybe David Johnson, the last half of his year, and it's running back. So I don't even count that is probably Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew was one of the best players in college football played at LSU. And then immediately was one of the best players on the Cardinals bow. I can't, like th- those are the Smoke. kind of
2: picks. For- I think Smokey, uh, yeah. John Brown. I mean, yeah. he was making big plays in that offense, but you know, he was, he was 600 he yards, so to- he
1: was a rookie, you know, something and like that. Big play
2: against Philly at the end of the game where his fingertip yeah. catch, I mean, it was massive. Uh, but no, I, it, it's few and far between. Andre Ellington, another running back, six round pick who might be, you know, Steve Kime's best lottery pick. Um, Oda Baker and- was a special teamer as a rookie.
1: He did not play in the secondary much. Clarence Campbell was a backup on the Super Bowl team. They do not get impact rookies. That's why when you see somebody as promising as Marquise Hayes looked on on Friday night, um, it, it, it your ears perk up. Uta <laughs> played in the in on he was a special teamer a pro bowler as a rookie. He was not a special team, he was not a safety pro bowler. Uh, somebody said, Frank, uh, so i all get Frank some gigablast internet. Typically, we do not make Frank, if we can help it, uh, log in from his home. Uh, but our, again, st- studio <gasps> is under construction with PHNX. But we got so much good shit planned with, with our studio, with our tailgates events. I, I can't even begin to describe how promising it's looking for all of you to come hang with us if you want to do that which why wouldn't you but i need you to get a covid19 vaccine in the process covid19 vaccines are free for everybody five and older those 12 and older are also eligible for a booster shot all you have to do is you got to visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location nearest to you
2: also we want to tell you about another chance to win some free stuff who doesn't like free shit OG's brand is going to hook you up. You can win the Flavoring Life sweepstakes. We're partnering with OG's here at PHNX. You can win 3. That's right, 3 bags of their gummies. Orange cream sickle included, tropical flavors, whatever tickles your fancy as far as the gummies go. You can win 3 of those bags. You can win an OG's hat. You can win a PHNX shirt of your choice and a PHNX annual membership. It's unreal what we're giving you a chance to win. All you have to do, is sign up to go, phnx.com, or you can just click the show notes here on the YouTube channel or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com or on IG at OGs Brands. Find their products in your local dispensary. I heard little whisper of a little party going on at the Maya Day Club on Saturday this weekend thrown by our friends at OG's. Johnny, you getting the field, are you getting the uh hall oh, pass no, 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 for that no. one? That was a no. that was a
1: one time hall pass. Uh, I had my my licks at the uh, the pool party, took my licks, I should say, and that was a great time. I hear that yeah. they're going to do potentially a broadcast from there, like a live hit. Shano told me today there's a there's wow. a special group of PHNX uh, brothers and sisters that are gonna go on Saturday and, <laughs> and do a live show of some kind. I don't know what that's going to look like. I could be uh, kind of put my foot in my mouth here. But Shane told me uh, some very exclusive PHNX uh, personalities are going to be live from the my day spa club. So um, tune into that because good hell, that's going to be a shit show that you do not want to miss. Um, <laughs> I love some of these comments. Trey McBride, tight end one this time next year for us. Oh, Let's man. talk quickly about that, Bo, because I want to pick your brain on. How how good he's looked because we've seen glimpses. I've seen glimpses of practice and flashes on it on um, Twitter with some videos. But like I, I, I tweeted this out earlier, I feel like his hands are are some of the best hands already on the team.
2: You saw that right where he just sucked in the ball. It was just it, he just does look like he's got a good pair of mitts there. Uh, you you like if obviously the size, the physicality. I think there's like Cliff Kingsbury is riding the line between like frustration of the back soreness that kept him out and the excitement that he sees on the field when, when Trey McBride is available, uh, we're really going to get a taste of it come Sunday night. And I know it's Trace McSorley throwing him the ball, but uh, I think it's it's going to be undeniable that he's going to be a guy that, when he gets his opportunities this year, and you know, congratulations, by the way, to the Ertz family that just welcomed their first kid, that's tight end one. But when he gets his opportunities and they're in that 12 personnel and you've got the two tight ends on the field, like Trey McBride is going to be a big, uh, you just a uh, mismatch maker for opposing defenses, and he's going to be able to take advantage of it with that skill set.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing it. He's definitely going to add something different to the, to the offense, something no one's ever seen. I think he becomes an extra blocker. We need that all, we definitely need an extra blocker, but also one you can just kind of check and then turn around to for the ball. Of if, course, if, if Kyler gets in trouble, and he can make something happen. I can't wait to see him. The back situation, they, the, apparently they did a very good job, Johnny, of allowing him to rest his back. But yeah, I can't wait to see him get out there, man, and really kind of mix it up. I'm pretty sure he's excited about his first opportunity.
1: Well, I I have been burned, as many Cardinal fans have, of getting my hopes up for a rookie tight end. From Rob Hausler, right, uh,
2: the kid out of Notre Dame once upon okay. a time um they they have I don't think the, there's a guy that has the the play I don't think they had the playmaking ability of McBride I really don't no, but I think I, that no, they don't have I the body control I don't think they had the hands I think that they were they, they were guys that had could do a couple things here and there but I think that McBride the evaluations were right as far as him being the best tight in this class and you know, I, I think he's gonna be—he's gonna buck that trend for it, buddy. Just either one five says Troy <laughs> Nicholas. That's
1: who I was thinking of.
2: It's not Troy. He's not Troy Nicholas at all. No, that was he's the name Troy I was Nicholas. thinking of. Yeah, right. I know. I know that hurts.
1: I, it does. It hurt my soul when they drafted him because I'm like, <laughs> he seems stiff, and you know what? He was pretty stiff. Um, he had a cup of coffee in the NFL <laughs> with new England and then, yeah, he's probably selling insurance somewhere. He's, he's got a degree in <laughs> Notre Dame. He'll be
2: fine. I think he was from the Matthews family. He was, a uh, that, that big Matthews family, Bruce mm. Matthews, Clay Matthews. Didn't, didn't get the long NFL
1: gene apparently, mm-hmm. but, uh, McBride to me looks like what every great end is in the NFL. Now you just, you have to be a plus receiver. It can't just be, Oh yeah. And I can catch 30 balls a year. And anybody who watched him, the only reason I was so bullish on him when the Cardinals took him, it's the relationship that PHNX has with DMVR and DMVR um, Colorado State and our affiliate with them um, and our relationship with them. And people from that program who cover that team, granted, they can be biased, whatever, say that, that he is the best player to come out of that university, to come out of that conference in a long time when he's the the Mac player of the year and he's dominating mountain and not West. only dominate mountain West, I'm sorry, not only dominating, but he is the, the only reason they're able to move the football. Like that's the difference from like, I know Andy Isabella had big numbers at UMass, but like the, what, the, what translates well that Trey McBride does. I don't mean to get on Andy. Andy's physical stature was always going to limit him in the NFL. His body catching is always going to limit him in the NFL. When Trey McBride goes up and snatches the football out of the air, Frank, and, and, and over somebody like Zayvon Collins, as Bullbrock mentioned the other day in practice, like his mm-hmm. traits just translate.
0: <clears throat> yeah, athleticism will win out in the NFL. Uh, again, the guy, everything that, everything that we thought he would be, we're hoping that he will become that. We saw what he did in college. Again, his size, his, his athleticism. Um, all he has to do is figure out and pick up, pick out, figure out what the defenses are trying to do. But I do have a high expectation of him. And and I'm looking forward to seeing exactly what we're gonna do with this package with both of these guys. Like that's mm-hmm. gonna be a different kind of package. And then if you tie that package in with the, with two running backs in the backfield and Kyler Murray, that I mean, you just it just it opens up so much for the triple option, the RPO. You can bring out you know just so many things that you can do. And we struggled a little bit in the red zone, outside of five yards or five yards going in. This just changes it changes it changes it immensely. And so it gives Kyler some more weapons to work with. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Cliff and the offensive coordinator and these guys can put together uh, with
1: this kind of package on the field. I, I I don't want to get my hopes up, guys, but I'm getting. Get I'm officially getting my hopes up. Uh, get it. Get it. I think, <laughs> I, I'm ready to put down some money on DraftKings right now that Trey McBride is going to lead the Cardinals to a W Sunday night. Playing the whole first half, Bo, why, what, what could that hurt? Uh, I mean,
2: his back, but, you know, I'm – <laughs> I, I, you, you do want to see what he's got a little bit, and I don't think Cliff is going to send him out there if there's any question of you know whether or not he can re-aggravate something as far as back at this stage in the preseason. But uh, I saw somebody was asking about Marquise Brown. Hollywood looks great in practice. Uh, you know, he's everybody talks about his hands. And, you know, the, how the dro- case of the drops got him a little bit last year, and it really was one bad game. He had a horrible game against the Detroit Lions where he had three big drops. Crucial drops in that game. They needed Justin Tucker to hit from an NFL record distance to win that game and sneak out of there with a dub. But Hollywood Brown looks good. He says he's healthy. He had a hamstring injury the previous training camp that he said was very serious. This he's completely 100% healed from that. He's contorting his body. He's running full speed on routes. He's catching passes from his guy, Kyler Murray. And he just looks looks really. Valid. You can find video of uh, Holly Brown, of course, on our, on our Twitter phnx underscore Cardinals and on phnx sports's Instagram page. Yeah, I uh, I'm bullish
1: on the weapons, not bullish on the secondary yet. I'm bullish on the weapons for the Cardinals. You should be too. You should also be bullish on this podcast. Subscribe, leave us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts. If you're hanging on YouTube right now. Everybody go and like this video. It does wonders for the algorithm. Make sure this video gets shared. This is the only place you're going to get Elite Cards content on a daily basis, unfiltered, where you, the PHNX community, can come in and be a part of the conversation. That's what we do better than anybody else because we love the fans, because we are fans of the Arizona Cardinals. We want to see this team do well. Go to gophnx.com. Read the work of my many talented peers, including Mr. Bo Brock, as we wrap up training camp tomorrow, which is crazy to think about. And with the NFL season on the cusp, we have the best shirt coming your way from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. I can't say what it is yet, but you mm-hmm. are going to want to comp that ASAP, and we will debut it on the show just as soon as we are given the thumbs up. Give us two thumbs up. Give us a five-star review. Give us a like. This has been the PHNX Cardinals podcast for Frank Sanders 81, Bullbrock. I'm Johnny Venerable. We're back. This threesome again. Mignana as we put a bow on on cards training camp and potentially could we gentlemen have a new quarterback we shall see later